Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Welcome back to the Alliance Experience. Today, I am joined again by Chris Wilcox. Welcome and Nicholas Nesbitt. Thanks for coming on, guys. I am just going to throw these two under the bus, though. I'm away from Wednesday night, so I'm asking if you two can do a podcast on your own on Thursday with Charlie. You, I will not be here on Thursday. <laughs> we are both at conference. <laughs> Nick's here. Are you talking next week? Or no, this, this, week? Week. this week. Oh, yeah, this week. Okay. Okay. So, guys, the you next podcast the coming <laughs> is the two boys. They can have their own topic. Charlie will record them as always, and it will be just them running the Alliance experience. That's dangerous, but a lot of fun. <laughs> you should see their faces. <laughs> I'm calling it now. It's going to be the most listened to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We will watch the numbers. No pressure. I'm going to play it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> just has it at his desk. Play, play, play. <laughs> So got the guys back today because we're going to talk about technology in real estate and basically how it's changed over the years. Both of these boys are babies though in real estate, really. That's right. So yeah. how long are you? I've, I've only been in the business for two years. So. <laughs> uh, Nick, I've seen programs change in two years, so he should have something to talk about, but fine. <laughs> but, so I'm 2008, what's that? I'm like 15, 16 this year. Yeah, so 16 years in real estate this year. Too long. Damn. Long time. I'm 32. Like, that's embarrassing. Just you started at 16. Yeah, I started young. Yeah. High really school young. dropout. No, I did it at no. high school. So, like, I had to do work experience for school and then never left. Wow. Yeah, so here I am. I know. Never ventured out in the world. No, I took a month off and worked for Rio Tinto. Um, dad got me in the job in the city and I booked people's like flights when they do go up north. Yep. It was so boring. You couldn't leave the desk. So not for me. And I was in the city. I'm not just not a city guy. You're a people person. You need to be moving around, meeting people. I get it. I, I was know. like, I no, it. thanks. So that was a month. Oh, that was interesting. I'd still work at Bunnings though, if I could. Have you ever worked at Bunnings? No, it is my dream in the garden section. Why don't you just section. get a Saturday casual job or something? In my spare time, I have I two they're children. Doing a, they're doing a four-day work week now. <laughs> I so saw there's, that. So there's jobs available. I, maybe I should apply. I don't tell Ben. <laughs> just do it on the side. Thursday nights, Wednesday nights. I could. I really could. It's just the boots and the hat for me. <laughs> you guys can see me with the boots and the hat on. I know it. You'd fit right in. Yeah. Anyway. Right, right anyway. The garden section. <laughs> so let's talk about technology. And we know now, like both of you are very good with technology and obviously in social media and where it's gone. But back in the day, because you weren't both working in the industry, tell me what you guys remember about real estate. So not being in it, what did you remember when you think of real estate? What was your thoughts around it, I guess? Yeah, well, I think I've mentioned previously my my brother, Steve, he's been in the business for 20 years now. So um, I've, I have seen him sort of go through back in the, what we call the, as Nick said earlier on, the dinosaur age <laughs> of real estate. And, uh, you know, where back then every appointment you know, every appointment, yes, you, you obviously you had phones back then. but um, <laughs> Okay, I'm not that old. No, before phones. But, you know, every every contract you needed signing, whether it be listing, a listing agreement or an offer, offer and acceptance, whatever it is, had to be done in person or at least faxed through or, or scanned through. It was quite a process to, to get any paperwork done, whereas uh, nowadays, and, and as as I've certainly come to know it, there's there's – things like DocuSign around, which make it much quicker and easier to get paperwork signed. So straight off the bat for me, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. And certainly my brother Steve has told me is, Chris, you have no idea what it was like back in the day and how time consuming it was yeah. to get things done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what about you? What do you remember? 
So I grew up pretty much with that real estate background because of dad. Dad's of been and done real estate. He's owned companies. He's since I was in primary school, as far back as I can remember, he went from lawn mowing to real estate. So I remember the window signs, which still some officers tend to enjoy doing today. Um, back to where I think he started when he, the pages were around. So you couldn't yeah. call and negotiate an offer on the phone. You were getting a page and having to physically drive back and forth from every house. Wow. So you do a, a counter offer five, six, seven, eight times on one negotiation and you're going into midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah. You don't and want anyone to sleep on it, so you've no, got to keep going back no. and forth. Yeah. And that's, I guess, what I remember from starting, obviously, in 2008. Basically, everything used to be printed and people used to get all the information either in the newspaper. So home opens would be Wednesday morning was the cutoff for the weekend newspaper. So the receptionist used to have to get everybody's opens for the weekend and send them to the West Australian or the Sunday Times. And then we'd update like the list in the office. So people used to walk in a lot. So if they wanted to see what we had for rent or what we had for sale, they'd ask the list. Mm. So the receptionist had to give a list out. The front of the office, the windows had all the window cards and you'd have to update the home open times in the slots. Like it was just, like you said, dinosaur age, but it was just so manually done. It was funny, just Ben and I were talking just the other day about, um, I think he called it the the morning tea bus or, the, or something oh, like that. Oh, the caravan. The caravan. Yeah, the caravan tour. I and loved caravan. Yeah, once a week everyone would get in, their, get in the office and jump in the minivan or whatever they had and go and see everyone's listings. That, that sounds like fun. It was awesome. So we used to on a Friday morning and then we'd get coffee after and you'd go to every sales listing and talk price at the property. You'd get it to it through. The owners would know. The owners would love it. And you'd go to every single house. So it could take three or four hours on a Friday. Well, and what, the whole office? went yep, along the whole office wow. so i always went and i loved caravan this is where the friday lunch reputation came from isn't it yeah because that would then go into lunch into beers into nothing right. happening on a friday at all but you think back in the day sales reps used to technically take a friday off like in when i was in real estate fridays used to be the day where the reps had off because they would work saturday and sunday yep. and i feel like in today's society as you guys have said you don't work saturdays and sundays anymore it's just a Saturday or a Sunday, usually. Depending on how busy you are. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah, it depends. So that's, yeah, Caravan used to be awesome. Yeah. And then I remember when it went from cards in windows to the TVs. Yep. Oh, so yes. you guys remember those? Yes, yes. And then you'd have to update the TV yep. with the listings and people would stand out the front of the office and, like, watch it slide through. I remember going with Terrible. my dad. Do He'd you? take me to the, the window shopping in the office and looking at all the properties. Isn't and it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, though. I like that they tried to move with technology times, but terrible because – you could be sitting there waiting 10 minutes for the one property you want to look at. The okay, well, what's could a, actually show you. Oh, so you like window cards better? I prefer better. window cards over the TV, Roland, yeah, definitely. But they were, they, not everyone used to update them. Like if you had a yeah. slack, slack receptionist, the window cards would never get changed. Mm. I, I was reception at Benchmark when I first oh. came into it and I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Nick is me. like, that is yeah. my job. Yeah, that, no, that was me, the slack one. <laughs> oh, I thought you were being hell proud of yourself. Like no, no, I used no. to be great. No, I did everything I could to get off the receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> so from there... What happened after TVs in the screens? I think a lot of people are still floating around with the window cards and the occasional TV. I know there's there's one company at Heathridge that have got the TVs that I saw yeah. just recently. Um, the window cards are still far between but Do around. You, what's your opinion of if you see an office with window cards still? Look, I, I still stand there and I look at them. Do a lot you? of country towns still have them. Um, but like in our areas, so I know um, 
office in where my daughter goes to school and they have window cards. And every time I walk past, I'm like, God, these guys need to update their life. But do you stop and look at them? No, I judge. No. I walk and judge. Like, get rid I of walk them. and judge. <laughs> no, I'm a bit the same. There's an office in Clarkson who still have the window cards Don't you think they're old? Uh, yeah, it does feel a little, a little outdated. I really um, think it I've does. I've never stopped and had a look, but maybe people do. I, I don't know. I just reckon with technology and how much everyone's on their phones, you're going to look at the app. Scrolling the app in if, the comfort. If you're of- looking for property, absolutely. Yeah. If you're a buyer, you you go into where all the information is. But in terms of a branding exercise, I, like people do still stop and look at window cards. So you're stopping and you're staring at a logo for minute, two minutes, and that's you really keep- reckon you'd get I business out cards. of it. You no, do. No, look, it, it'll play a factor. It'll be a very small factor. I love the fact that window cards are still around. Look, if you've got a blank pane of glass there and you need to do something with it, why not get the yeah. extra branding up? I don't know. I just reckon it makes me feel like they're out of touch. That's my opinion. Like if I walk past an office with window cards, I'm like, you guys got to get in the 21st century. It's not really the sleek look of marketing offices these days. That's right. Like you look around ours, ours is so clean and it just looks professional that, yeah, exactly what you've said, it looks sleek. So that's really, I guess, marketing. And then obviously we, so neither of you were around for newspaper home opens? No, I, I think I sort of got the back end of it. Um, I know Mandra is very popular with it, so I've seen a lot down there that they still do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think when I started, we were still sending some through to possibly Perth Now paper or okay. what was it back then? Oh, Community okay. Times. Yep, yep, yep. Community News, um, yep. So I think the home opens were still going in there, but we were probably paying exorbitant amounts for that and getting nothing out of it. Do you feel that newspaper will ever come back into it? Like would you? can you ever see yourselves trying to sell having a property in the paper again? Personally, for me, no. Okay. But I'm not against it. It's mm-hmm. just I'm all – my whole business revolves around the digital platforms now and, and I, you know, everything's digital and, and people spend most of their time on their phones and the newspapers are now on your phones as well. So yep. you can do it that way. But absolutely, there are reps. There are reps in our office who are advocates for the newspaper and I do understand the logic behind it. It's just another bit of exposure for the property and, and I absolutely mm-hmm. understand it. I think it would be a hard sell to a client it's, to at, ask at them the for prices, money. The prices yeah. that they're at now, definitely, yeah. there's no value in advertising a newspaper for what they're charging. Um, but I'm, I, I like I get the newspaper delivered to my house every Saturday and Sunday. Do you? Well, I sit there, I make a coffee and I read the you newspaper. You read it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy it and I still flip to the property section. I still go through it. That's probably because I'm invested in, in it. Yeah. But if the prices came down and it got busier, you know, it wouldn't be the first place to sell. But – I think it can be involved. I understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand why There's people definitely want a generation to do it. That- it's just not for me. I think it's very interesting that you said if the prices came down because yeah. we know that obviously we're driven by where people look at and the apps that people use, so that pushes the prices obviously for things. And I think that if the newspapers actually really brought their prices down, that could return some of their business because I know, Correct. Chris, you're not a fan of it. Well, not a fan. You just it's your tech. I man. just don't use it. Yeah. So I think if it came down and it was like maybe an extra hundred dollars in their marketing or something, you might go, well, great, more exposure. Absolutely. You, so it's yeah, it's a real interesting scenario that if they looked at pricing, people might use it. Yeah. Whereas right now, I think it's five hundred dollars for half a page mm. at best, and I think and that's that our discounted Harcourt's magazine. Yeah, one one ad. See, that's yeah. nuts. And as Nick said, it's a hard sell yeah. to portray that to your vendors and, and your clients. And for them seeing the value in that. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. So then moving on to basically like databases and things like that. So obviously I'm property management, you guys are sales. 
were you around when people used to have databases in Excel? And I know your database stories, but like when we hold, what we hold our databases in, back in my day, it used to be Excel. We used to do everything in Excel, export from our system, REST or GD, and then it would go in Excel and we would put the dates in for inspections and things like that. That's how we used to run it. Obviously, it's changed now. It's all on a cloud and we use property tree. But what about you guys? What do you, what have you seen changes in Chris, your two years, Nick in your five? What do you think? I still use Excel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see my face right now. <laughs> I, do, I do as well. I actually use both. So I use the in-house um, CRM system, Yep. Uh, which is fantastic. It gives me all my action lists and, and it's fantastic for client management and all that kind of stuff. But equally, I also back everything up to an Excel spreadsheet because what I love about Excel is everything is just there in one page, everything you need in one go. It's really quick and easy to read. Okay, okay. Love this, love this. Yeah. Nicholas? Yeah, look, same thing. There's all the information's in that Vault CRM that we use in the office, but the short, sharp stuff that I know so I can see every vendor, every contact detail, email, what the property is, what the size is, without having to search, and wait for the websites to load and go through all that rigmarole. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it is handy. For example, if a, if a buyer calls and says, hey, have you got any properties coming up of, you know, this block size, this many bedrooms, this many bathrooms, if I've got my Excel spreadsheet open, I can see everything in one hit and yeah. give them an instant answer on the spot. Whereas going through the CRM, I have to do up a search and it takes a little bit longer. Don't get me wrong, the CRM I use religiously yeah. for certain things, but the Excel spreadsheet, I I, I just love it. <laughs> so are you guys a price finder? Like I use price finder. If I'm going to an appraisal and I need to search the property, price finder is an expansion of Rewa, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, so I will search the property on that, which will usually tell me full names, when they bought it, what they paid for, if it's been rented, things like that. What do you guys use for that information? For appraisal mm -hmm. stuff? I, I use CoreLogic. So do you, see, I've never used CoreLogic ever in my career. Isn't it good? It, you should. Yeah, it is, really? it is really good. I just, that's where I was told to go from day one that I started. So I'm familiar with Price Finder, but I've just, I've never used it. Mm -hmm. I was always just told go to CoreLogic. So I don't really okay. have any input on the difference between the two or the comparison. Well, yeah, like in, in property management days, all I used was Price Finder. Yeah. Uh, that was what we used at Benchmark before coming over here. And then over here, you get the option of both. So um, probably used Price Finder in my early days and, and then found my way over to CoreLogic or RP Data. Um, because that's it's a lot smoother to use. Yeah. It's got more readily available info, doesn't it? There's, there's more. There's more you can do. There's more reports you can download pretty much instantaneously. Uh, Maybe I stop being a dinosaur yeah. and go to CoreLogic. <laughs> um, I think Pricefinder is now working with Domain too. Not really. Oh, are they? Just so you know. Oh, that's good. Okay. Don't quote me. <laughs> You're literally getting recorded. <laughs> You're quoted. Okay, so then what else, what other technologies have you guys seen change? Talk to me more about what you noticed. Chris, talk to me more about your technology being a freshie yep. um, and tell me what you've noticed in the last two years. Uh, well, something that I've been, that I use quite a fair bit because I sell quite a few vacant homes or people's investment properties mm -hmm. um, and something big that's come along is virtual staging. I don't know how long it's been around, but back in the day, I certainly know with my brother, you know, his vendors would have to pay quite literally thousands and thousands About of dollars. Five grand to yeah, house. yeah, yep. to to get a property staged. And don't get me wrong, I very much understand the importance of staging. It can lift the value of a property 100%. significantly at home opens. And I still recommend it to this day. Yep. Absolutely. But I think there is that cheaper alternative now for the vendors who don't want to pay thousands of dollars for it, where they can now digitally input 
staging furniture to the photos. So obviously it's not going to be there at the home open. So when people come through the property, they don't get the same. The same vibe. The same vibe as if it was professionally staged. So there's certainly that benefit to getting it professionally staged. Mm -hmm. But for those who don't quite have the money to spend, this is just an example I'm giving is the, the digital staging. It's So just, what sort of price is digital staging? Uh, mine, they pay $35 per room. Okay. But we don't do the whole house. I find you only really need four or five photos digitally staged. Like so the lounge room. Maybe, maybe two of the living room, a bedroom, a games room and an outdoor space. Have you found when you've staged a home virtually versus when you have just left it vacant, yep. it's sold better? Certainly the the inquiries have been better, the okay. interest, because the photos are the first emotional connection that a buyer has with the property. So our job is to get as many people as we can to the home open to generate that pressure cooker environment and try and achieve a premium price for the vendor. Yep. And in order to do that, to get people to the property, that's why I use virtual staging on my vacant homes because it does look really good and it looks very realistic as well. It, it does, doesn't look yeah. like it's – for some of them you couldn't tell. No, I agree. I agree. And I think furniture, like you said, you'll emotionally connect. Like I have a very particular style. So if I see a house with my style, I instantly am drawn to it because I'm like, oh, I like that. Yep. And you do. So I agree. Yep. What about you? What's your changes? Um, like just on an extension of that one as well with, with the marketing, it's not only inputting furniture. It's you can change your daytime photos to sunset photos. You can have floor plans redrawn. You can have professional copyrights done. Um, the touch-ups that you can do to an advert start to finish is is remarkable now compared to where it was. It really is. Yeah. Yep. And then on advertising, a lot of people, probably East Coast more, the sales reps are doing videos to sell their property. Now, you're Chris, you're a good video man. Like you will do them. But, Nick, you don't really do videos. Uh, Yeah, I've I've dabbled with them but, yeah, never really got into them consistently. So not for you? Yeah, probably just more me not wanting to be on a camera. Yeah, but then you're very <laughs> confident, Chris. I love that. <laughs> I'm the opposite to Nick. I love a camera. You do, uh, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, look, I don't do the cliche uh, property tours where the agent says hello to the camera, you know, they do and the tours whole, you through. You know, around, like the whole, ladies and gentlemen, table. that's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome home. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I, I more do a very casual, very relaxed kind of video property tour where I'm just talking about the property and the features of the property and I'm literally filming it in first person. So I'm the one holding the iPhone just walking around the property and it gets some good numbers. Do you find that with today's inquiry that people look and on videos more because they come up first when you search they not uh there's definitely icons that pop up and, and i think they're the second page after you cover photo yeah um, that they go to yeah yeah do okay. you put your videos on the portals or do you leave them on social media no, i leave mine solely on, yeah. on social media would um, you put them on the portals have you ever considered i've considered putting it on social on the portals. sorry i just haven't yet because there's still that balance of my like i said my videos are quite they're done in a casual, relatable raw. manner. Well, you're- They're very raw. That's a great. That's a great word for it. So I'm still on the fence of do I want to put this up on the on the proper ad yeah. or do I want to keep it separate on social media to a certain type demographic of, certain sort of demographic. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's funny. So when I used to advertise properties back in the day, I used to have to literally go one by one on each website. So you'd wow. have to go on to realestate.com, rework, domain on the house, rent.com, your and upload the ad one by one. Wow. Like, do you know how frustrating that Talk was? Talk about time consuming, hey? <laughs> it's just like everything with technology and now we just put it all in one spot tick a box and it goes on One everything. One button and it's done, yeah. yeah. And even if we talk about applications, obviously more yeah. rental-wise, but back in the day people would phone so they'd see a property, 
they'd phone the office to ask for a viewing and you'd make the appointment. We didn't really do home opens for rentals. It used to be private viewings. They'd be around four o'clock every day. You'd go out there with the keys, meet the tenant. If they wanted to apply, they had to fill out a hand piece of paper and pay a week's rent. So they'd have to bring it into the office. Application fees. Yes. Yes. They would bring it in with their ID. We'd copy all their IDs. And for them, for their application to be considered, they would have to pay one week's rent. Really? And it meant that they couldn't apply, usually, they couldn't apply for more than one or five properties because it takes a long time to reference check an application. So you'd get it in, you'd reference check, it could take a day or two. And then, like now, it's so quick that, people apply for five properties and you ring them and go, congratulations, like, oh, we got another one. Back then they had the application fee so that you couldn't really just pull out. Wow. You applied, you took it seriously. And if you were successful, obviously we kept it for your week's rent. Um, but if you weren't, you'd have to come into the office with your little receipt and get your application Did fee Did that back. help with your quality of applicants having the application fee? I always believe it showed that people were serious. Yeah. I think, and especially in the COVID market that we've had that you guys both know it's been crazy, I think people were literally applying for 10 properties at once. So mm. now when they apply, it's usually on 10 options and they fill in a profile. And if they see it's like a house with us or a house with Joe Bloggs down the road, you can apply, apply, apply. So they could have 10 applications. It's all pre-saved in there exactly. with all their documents pre-launched. They do it once. So it's a lot easier now to multi-apply. So we have a lot of, we reference check and we put them to the owner, get them accepted, and they've got something else. Mm. And it's very frustrating because you've spent a lot of time reference checking that application and they've applied for 10 other properties. So I think it made more serious people apply and like if they couldn't pay the week's rent it have to, had to be in cash or it had to be sit in the safe oh, in wow. cash yeah um and then they would like i said get it back if they weren't successful or if they were then it would go towards their bond how do you find the automated rental references now because My, i still get them i still get the occasional tenant send me an re- automated rental reference from five six seven years ago and like i can't give any information i don't have that stuff on record i can't even remember who joe bloggs is so but my there's honest no personality opinion, behind it. Yeah. yeah. My, I hate putting things in writing. Yeah. That's going to sound really bad, guys. But I'm a very honest, I was a very honest property manager. Yeah. And if a tenant did the wrong thing, I would have no hesitation in telling somebody. Now, if I ever get one and I know it's a tenant that's done the wrong thing, I'll just ring. Like yep. I personally am a phone girl, so I'll always yep. ring. But I know the girls here because they're so busy. They love the automatic replies because they get it. They the property manager can rate the tenant. So when they're giving a reference, like if I was giving you a reference, I can rate you out of 10. So basically anyone under seven, you wouldn't really consider, but seven or above you would. Um, But it's very impersonal. Yeah. And I just think you can't explain anything as well. But let's be honest, that's where society's gone. Like you said before, DocuSign, how impersonal is real estate sometimes? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, our licensee, Wayne, always encourages us to, you know, even though DocuSign is out there and yes, it's much more efficient in terms of getting signatures on, on a contract, you know, you can't beat that in-person face-to-face relationship building meeting, you know, um, getting to know someone and, and building a, a trusting relationship. There's, there's really nothing better. I think a lot of people have become very lazy and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm guilty as well. I use DocuSign heaps myself, mm-hmm. but when and where I can, I'll try to always, I'll try to get signatures in person, but absolutely I'm guilty of, of using DocuSign. Do you know what the worst thing is? What's that? I did a final inspection yesterday and I genuinely didn't know what my buyer looked like. No I had way. no idea who was going to turn up. Yeah. One home open, she went back down to Bunbury and we did all, all the pro- papers by DocuSign. Yep. Um, yeah. Wow. Home, First o- time. home open had 20, 30 groups through. 
It's the first time I've seen her since. First time you met. Yep. But wow. she would know you. She knows so me, So she walked yeah. past yep. you in the shops and was like, yep. hey, Nick, how awkward would you be if it's yep. like, oh, yeah, you just bought a house Well, that mate. happens a lot because you go out to appraise someone's house and then you email and you keep in touch and your face is on everything that you send out. So they do feel like they know who you are and everything about you. But we've met them for 10 minutes. Yeah. Quite a few times I've been stopped and gone, I just, do just wonder. Just talk until you know who they are. <laughs> I do, just give me a hint. <laughs> I do wonder how it's because DocuSign's still fairly new. I do wonder how this is going to have an impact on future and recurring business yeah. for real estate agents. If you and had reps. that rapport built. Yeah, because obviously in the past, every meeting was done face to face in person. So you really built that rapport and, uh, you know, that, that solid relationship with your client. And now it's, as Nick said, it's, yeah quick signature. So I wonder how that's going to affect future business, but time will tell. I think that if you're a good communicator, you're always going to be a good communicator. So I use DocuSign for management authorities. I would say my paperwork, no disrespect to you guys, but has a lot more signatures than yours. Absolutely. So mine with DocuSign is a lot better so they don't miss anything and everything's perfect. But I'm a real big phone caller. Like I, especially when I hand the property to the girls, they need to call that owner within 15 minutes of getting a copy of that signed authority and introduce themselves, say hi. I made videos. So obviously the girl, the owner gets a vibe of the property manager in the video that they watch about them. Because like you said, the property managers for us probably aren't going to meet that owner because I've done all the signing and I've done all that, so I've built that rapport and then it's handed over. So all you can do from then is a phone call. Do you use Zoom meetings much? I did a lot during COVID and I do if it's like over East Fires. I've done Zoom a couple of times where the couple or the homeowners have actually split up and they don't want to be in the same room, so they'll Zoom with me, which has worked. Um, still argue. Okay. And they still argue? They did because he was late <laughs> and then she was – it was a whole thing. Um, but I can't say that I'm like a massive Zoom lover. I just like a fo- – I do FaceTime. FaceTime's as if you've got an iPhone. Oh, FaceTime over Zoom anytime. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you do many videos for properties? Like do you have over East buyers when they want to view it then you have to send them a video like of you talking to that particular one person or do you just do your one video? So for me, separate to the social media videos yeah. that I do, I will – film a video walkthrough in one sh- one take, a video walkthrough of every property that I list from the start. Always? Or every property that I list, yeah. And I'll, I'll start at the very front of the property and walk through the front door and go room by room and explain the features. And then if there are any East Coast investors who ask if there's a video of it, I can send that straight to them rather than having to go back to the property and do a FaceTime. And that's just thing. a part of your, like, checklist? You that's always just do part it. of the checklist, yeah. That's yeah. great. Do you yeah. do that, Nicholas? Uh, again, dabbled, but no. No, yeah, because you're I, not I tend to, Yeah, like I go through waves with East Coast investors. There's not a huge investor demand on, on Wanneroo. Yep. Um, it will come. Don't yep. get me wrong. We've got the rezoning and everything, and it will come for that reason. But right now, they're, a lot of them are lo- looking for that cookie cutter sort of yeah. low-maintenance, easy sort of house. and Not a lot to go wrong. Wanneroo, 800 squares, you don't get that. So, yep, yeah, I get that. It's so interesting how the times have changed over the years. I think for me, I've probably seen it worse than you guys, but – the biggest thing is you've got to keep moving with technology. Yeah, you've and got you're to keep very up. good at it. You've got to keep up. Yeah, because if you don't, you're going to get lost in the crowd. Yeah, and that's like the older real estate agents now that we see around are lost in the crowd because it's not that old. Go and have a coffee, and then we'll list your paperwork when we can. And but it's not that anymore. You don't have time to have a coffee in half the meetings. Yeah, like I feel that. Sometimes you can be in and out, and you've got ten meetings in a day. Don't get me wrong; I haven't been there for a couple of months. But when you are there, it, it's tricky. Mm. So. 
Mm. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. So just to regroup, these two are podcasting on their own without me. I hope they're good and I hope you guys enjoy the next podcast. Any recommendations for what to run with? Let's put a question box up, please, Charlie, and see if anybody can send us some questions and then we'll go from there. Done. Looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, this guys. It's dangerous. Thank God we've got Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance Experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.